0: Log Talk Radio There's something outside. What is that?
1: And greetings, everybody. This is Julie Wrench with On the Shoulders of Giants, Talking Old-Timers with Thomas Steinberg. It is a new year, and we're kicking off the year with uh, a show that's going to be more focused towards things going on in my neck of the woods. And, uh, of course, in the studio I have with me, Mr. Thomas Steenberg, how are you?
0: And a happy 2020 to you, my dear. I'm mm-hmm. doing just fine.
1: Thank you. You, too. It's been a – I'm 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 ready for a whole new year. And uh, last year, what a rough year that was. A lot of people I know had a really rough year last year. So I think a lot of people are looking forward to hitting the reset button and trying this again. So <laughs> a lot of people have passed away. Um, yeah. Recently We just lost Kevin Malick Who was a uh, podcast He has a podcast uh, Over in Wisconsin um, Very young Very sudden death And uh, of course Monster X wants to Give a shout out to his family And friends and uh, send our Condolences to them Really hard time for them this holiday
0: I thought um, with them
1: Yeah It's pretty rough but uh, so anything before we get too too far into what's going on in this way anything new your way Thomas that you have heard, I've heard of, of uh,
0: a few incidents I've done a few interviews with potential witnesses but uh, most of it's about stuff that happened years before of course mm-hmm. an interesting case uh, well just last November 2019 uh, a group of uh, uh, university students who were doing studies in logging areas uh, had a sighting on a hillside. Only one of them of the group saw it. And when she uh, yelled out and brought everybody to, to a screeching halt and told them to back up so she could take it back a look again, when they got back, it had obviously gone over the crest of the hill and disappeared because it was gone. Mm. And uh, the rest of the crew didn't know what to make of it because this young lady is a very serious type. Uh, doesn't believe in anything, to <laughs> put right. it bluntly. She didn't know what she, she just was. She was just big, dark, and walking upright. And I had a report from 2014. I just heard about it. And man camping in Hicks Lake pulled in late at night and was sleeping in a cover over the back of his truck when something approached the truck and scared uh, the hell out of him. He never really got a good look at it out in the side. He described it as a beautiful purple sky night, and all he saw was this big dark form. After, he sh- after the truck was shaken, walking towards the lake shore. So he has no idea what it was, but it, it left him stunned and uh, and completely baffled. Wow! So when did he say that happened? Sometimes hearing about them when they happen doesn't always occur.
1: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be kind of... That that would not be a good thing to wake up to. No. Yeah, that's one of my fears, is if I was ever out in the tent, because we do throw our tents out here on our property, right outside the Uari Forest on the back end of our property. And I'll tell you, we've heard some strange things and... and, um, Talked to some people that've heard some strange things around this area, and I'm always like, well, if I was to wake up and I saw something standing outside my tent, ugh. I mean, that's like everybody would like to see that, but then once you see it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't pictures, know if I'd want to wake up to that. Get some pictures. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, well, okay, sounds interesting. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about North Carolina here, and I happen to live in the center of the state and right outside of the Uari National Forest, which is in Montgomery County. Now, Montgomery County, North Carolina, has the most reports of uh, documented reports um, in the whole state of North Carolina. If you look at the the BFRO website, which is the, the Bigfoot Research Organization, Website and you go to North Carolina and you look at Montgomery County and you're going to see that there's um, about 13 reports that they actually posted on there. Now, I know there's a lot more of them that have been taken and reported to and so forth, not just to the BFRO but to other, um, you know, research groups. But it seems like Montgomery County and Uari Forest, is the the more sightings happen there than anywhere else in the whole state. Now, it could be a couple different reasons for that. Um, you know, Uari Forest is not a, a huge forest that covers half the state or anything like that. It's, a, it's the smallest national forest in the state. So if there's something in there, and you know, odds are you may run into it more so than you would if you were in, say, 500,000 acres of forest. And there, it has a long history of reports over there. Just some of them. You know, i I'm not going to read each report word by word, but the ones that. Um, that I'm aware of, and the ones that are actually on the BFRO camp or website happens when a lot of people are camping out um, in their tent or in their uh, hammocks, and it seems like there's a lot of um, wood knocks or rock clacking that they hear, uh, rocks being thrown, uh, sounds like a baby crying. Different kinds of whoops and howls and and yells going on, you know. On not just hearing things and experiencing rocks being thrown, but also visual encounters. Um, Now the one here and then the BFRO site goes back to June of 1990. That's the oldest one they have um, on their website and uh out here on highway two twenty, which isn't far from my house um near Candor, North Carolina, there was a couple driving down two twenty and the woman saw something cross from right to left across the highway um, and she she said it was on two legs, it was very large, and it was she said it was going so fast that it looked like it was gliding. And I know we've talked about that before, about people saying that it was moving very fluid and so quickly that the best way to describe it would be gliding. Um, she also saw saw arms swinging, and um, she said that, let's see here, it crossed over a four-foot barrier fence. That run along the highway So to her that was kind of unusual For something to just step over A four foot fence
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Bipedally And of course that's not far from my house So (laughs) And I've heard a lot of people Over that way Have have seen things uh, Along 220 And um I know another story where there was a, a preacher, his wife, and another couple were driving in that same stretch of highway and witnessed the same type of thing, a large, hair-covered, and this was during the daylight, a large, hair-covered creature crossed in front of them from right to left, and everybody in the car saw it. And I guess they were just, you know, terrified because, of course, they, they didn't know anything about it. Sasquatch being in this area or anything like that, and um but they all they all witnessed it, and they all agree that it was definitely a bipedal creature question uh mm-hmm. w- the the woman uh, when when
0: did this happen how long ago
1: this was in the summer of nineteen
0: ninety okay, so she probably didn't have a dash cam,
1: No, no. And I no, other p- probably not um, no, No, and the the people, the preacher and his wife they didn't have anything like that either. I mean, they were just going somewhere in the, in the vehicle, and you know you're not expecting to see anything like that and now this one happened just about five or six years ago.
0: I see okay,
1: yeah, so and that one's not on any um. Website reported that they they didn't report it to an actual uh, website organization. It was um, somebody, a team member of our um, investigation group, the Carolina Cryptid Field Research Team. Um, the The preacher had told him Matt, our our member, the story, and um, you know it's just interesting how. Right in that particular area, there's been several reports of them going back and forth across that highway. Now, there's another report on here from uh, just about 10 miles north of my house where a couple were driving and saw something crossing the road in front of them. whole different same highway? Um, road, though. It wasn't the same highway as a backcountry road okay. that they saw. And that one is in Randolph County, which is the county right above our house.
0: How long ago was
1: that? Well, let me find that one in here and tell you when. Uh, okay, that was in August of 2012.
0: And they didn't have a
1: dash cam? No, no, nope, no dash cam, of course. I don't see they were. Hurt. Whenever I hear of a road crossing or a
0: roadside sighting nowadays, that's the first question I ask. Did you have a dash can? Because so many people do nowadays. And I have to tell yep. you, it bothers me in this area, in this, I mean, all through the 70s and 80s and 90s, there were so many of them, not only in your neighborhood, but here in British Columbia and Western Alberta, all through the Rockies, the Selkirks, the how that people see them along the highway or crossing in front of them on, on roadways and stuff. Why can't we get dash cam footage nowadays when so many people have them? And they have cameras now that just go when the car is running. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because uh, people feel you know, they need them if they ever get in an accident and go to court or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, and
1: I tell you, we have just, one um, on our truck yeah. that we keep running. When when the truck started, it comes on. So, yeah, we, we have one on our truck. Um but this one here, they said it was about seven and a half feet tall, and they guessed it would be about five hundred plus pounds. Mhm. <sighs> so that was not too far from me as well. Maybe ten miles to my north.
0: Okay, and all both, in your general it's, neighborhood.
1: It's, what's that?
0: All in your general area.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that one's
0: Oh, you have it in that. You obviously have a long history in that wilderness area where you live, so I like I said, don't ever go anywhere without your dash. You no. <laughs>
1: no, we we keep a close eye on that situation and uh you know, not that it helps because it seems like there's never anything caught on game cams either, but on our property we have several game cams, um out there and I monitor them, you know. I usually go maybe every couple of weeks back there to, to check them, and uh, upload from the SD cards. But so far, I just see the usual suspects: um, possum, raccoons, gray fox, plenty of deer, things like that, hawks. Um, but this, this, nothing that I, I could say is, oh wow, you know that could be this or that could be that. It's it's, yeah.
0: Do you have a, uh, a healthy black bear population in that wilderness, Sarah?
1: Um, We do have some black bear over in the Uari Forest, and I know that um, there was one that was hit and killed last year just a couple miles from my house. Um, uh, so there are bear here.
0: Okay, well, I logic... haven't
1: seen any on my property, nor have, have I a... seen any evidence of any of them on my property, but I, I know they're in the area
0: okay. Well, the 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 point I'm trying to make is if you have a wilderness area that can support a bear population, it can support a Sasquatch population too.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and I I agree with that. Um because, you know, there's definitely a lot of um resources in this area. We have a lot of of tree farms that um uh, you know, peach trees, we have tons and tons of peach trees and farms around here, you know, and Candor is the peach capital of our, our state, which is just a few miles down the road from me. They have the Peach yeah. Festival every year, and there's just miles and miles of peach trees down that way, um, you know, different kind of farms, pig farms, turkey farms, of course, your cattle farms, um, all kinds of creeks, rivers, lakes, ponds. I mean, it's just a never-ending source of uh, resources in this area. And, of course, you have the URI Forest. It has a lot of cover over there. For for something, if it was trying to hide, that would be a very good spot for it to be in. hmm Yeah, so there's also, um, uh-huh. there's a particular report, it's not from my area, but it's it's a report here in North Carolina, it's an older report. And um, it's kind of creepy. I'll go ahead and uh, give a little bit of the details on this one. See. Okay, this happened in 1998. And it's in Onslow County. Now, Onslow County is on the east coast of the state, um, which is probably about two hours to my southeast of where we are. So I'll tell you, that whole area over there, once you get out of the smaller cities, it's nothing but forested lands and marshes and swamps and that kind of thing. So, and this gentleman here, I'm not going to read word for word, but I'm going to kind of give an idea what was going on. He said he was heading towards the beach in a sports car with the top down. It was about 8.45 at night, and it was light but sort of dusk dark said he had his headlights on cruising about 60 miles an hour when he rounded a corner and in the middle of the road stood a large hairy creature. He slammed on his brakes and swerved around it, but he glanced off of it because it bounced over the passenger side of his car. So he slid the car around and stopped and the headlights were about halfway on the creature. It got up and came at him. I'm reading this here. It got up and came at him. It was twenty five feet away from his car, and he said that he remembered there was a horrible smell, and he described it the smell hung in the air like a quote unquote wet blanket and he described it as being seven and a half feet tall reddish brown matted hair, but the face was hairless and it looked pissed. um He said he put the car in reverse backed up and threw the car and drive and took off. As he was spinning around, he looked in the rearview mirror, and it was right on his car's rear end, and he heard a loud bang. And at that time, he says, my car caught traction and took off. I left the creature running down the road after me. I had never been so scared in all my life. And then when he got to the destination he was going to, he said the rear quarter panel was dented and with hair on it. And his rear spoiler was shattered where where it hit the rear of his car. I told my friends, family, police, and insurance that I hit a stray cow. He said it took two weeks to get the smell off of the outside of his car. And the inside still had that smell. He said it smelled like sewage and something else. He was 27 years old when it happened. And now he refuses to drive down that road. What? How long ago was this? This was was in July of 1987.
0: Did he report it to the state police?
1: Yeah, he reported it, but he said that he hit a stray cow. He didn't say Ah, he saw this white creature. He did report it to the police insurance. You know, he didn't make an insurance claim. Um, but he didn't say describe what he saw. He just told people it was a black cow because he didn't want them to think he was nuts. And he didn't want the insurance people to um, drop him.
0: Uh, completely you know, Because they're
1: not going to believe that, <laughs> that you hit a Bigfoot or the Bigfoot chased you and all this stuff. So, <clears throat> but he, he did mention at the time when they took the report, he did say that he will drive – 50 miles out of its way did not go down that route anymore. Even today? He said it made a loud growl or roar, and he's never heard anything like it before since, and he doesn't want to. Did you so he, I guess he just got freaked out. Did you ever
0: have the opportunity to discuss it with him?
1: No, I haven't. This was a report on the BFR website that was taken. Yeah, it would be interesting.
0: Talk to him oh, today. I'd love to
1: talk to him about that.
0: Yeah. It'd be interesting to talk to him today to to see if he still feels that way. <laughs>
1: mhm. See if he's yeah. still driving fifty miles out of his way.
0: All right. I mean, but a few, few things about that report that
1: <clears throat> stuck out to me was that he said that the the smell hung in the air like a wet blanket. That that just to me was very detailed. Um and the face was hairless. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that the only, you know, the face doesn't have hair on it, but there was hair hanging down from the forehead across the face. But a lot of times, people will say, "No, I, there was no hair on that face." So that's very unnerving to think that. Um, yeah, if that's a true story, then that's horrifying to have one actually chasing you. I mean, that's what nightmares are made of for me.
0: Oh, absolutely. Think of the, assuming the story's true and the Sasquatch does he says, Think of the poor animal. He's just going about his business. All of a sudden, this thing with bright lights almost hits it.
1: It kind of mm-hmm. reacts with,
0: it would react with violence. I have no doubt about that. Yeah.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. Can you blame it? No. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, there's a, several over in that uh, that same county, in Onslow County. There's six reports actually on the BFRO website in that same county. And um, another one here from 1999, now there's a motorist driving <clears throat> not far from where this happened near Camp Lejeune, which is a a military base over there. This gentleman saw, he said, I thought it was a bear sitting down under a huge pecan tree. Since there was about 50 or 60 feet distance between me and the quote-unquote bear, I decided to pull off the side of the road and watch him. It was a July morning. He had the windows of his truck rolled down. And then he noticed the most ungodly smell he'd ever experienced. It was kind of like rotten eggs mixed with sewage and sulfur. That's the way he describes that. He says he sat and watched, he realized this is no bear, as the creature stood up from the crouched position, walked over to the pe- pecan tree and began shaking it. And he said that um, it was shaking it and picking up the, the pecans.
0: Uh, and how long was he watching it for? Let's
1: see. This one says, uh, uh-huh. now he, does he say a, a particular amount of time? No, nope, he didn't say exactly how long.
0: Yeah, okay. It sounded like it was he more he than just. Blew, he blew
1: the horn. It suddenly stopped and just completely froze. Still with its back to me It stayed like that till I laid down on the horn About ten seconds later It slowly turned and looked right at me That's when my heart decided to do the 50 yard dash In 2.3 seconds I couldn't see its face that well But I, it stood about eight to ten foot tall The hair was very long and matted <clears throat> It made a loud screeching noise And tore off into the woods let me see if the investigators did anything more that took the report. And I take
0: it he wasn't carrying a camera in his car.
1: No, no, no camera, of course. And it was 1999, right? Yep, 1999. And that was also July of 1999. So it seems like a lot of the reports are yeah. June, July. Um, the daytime reports seem to be middle of the day around that area.
0: I can't remember cell phones back then. They even had camera attachments in them, but I think they were mostly flip phones back then.
1: Those yeah, days. I had a flip phone back then. But, um, okay, so then we have the, uh, back to Montgomery County here, which is not just a few miles up the road, we have um, a camper that was, awakened by heavy bipedal footsteps around him. And the URI of course, um, a youth leader heard, let's see, this was a youth leader back in 2009, 2010 in the winter, um, December, around 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. And there was a group of, of six kids ...doing a wilderness outing program. He heard footsteps crunching through the heavy layer of dried leaves on the forest floor. This person was bushwhacking and not walking along the trail. It also came from the direction of Deep Woods just behind my tent... ...and not anywhere near the main trail. Both times it crossed over the trail and continued on bushwhacking through the woods... ...in an easterly direction... Okay, so that was three or four in the morning, and it makes you wonder he's yeah. out there bushwhacking at three or four in the morning. Yeah,
0: was he was he alone, or was he with the group?
1: No, he was with the group.
0: So we have six young people whacking through the woods at four in the morning. No, they're in their tents. Oh,
1: oh, they heard something. Yeah, no, they're in the tent, and then they hear okay, sounds like heard somebody something. walking and. Okay. Bushwhacking. Uh, yeah. They describe it as a bushwhacking type sound. Um, and then he said, on another occasion in January, the co-leader had the exact same experience in that area. Okay. I guess and I take, them out pretty
0: the, good. I take it during the whacking noise, they didn't hear a muffled voice saying,
1: God, oh, where the hell is it? Ouch! Oh, my gosh. That's funny stuff.
0: <laughs> no,
1: but um, so, you know, it seems like the Uari does have that history. And there's reports in here, of course, of, of babies. It sounds like a baby wailing. Now, I know that um, bobcats can make some ungodly sounds as well as fox. So oh, yeah. it's hard to say on that. But, um, a but then you have, of fact, like, biologists and long-time hunters that are reporting this stuff, and they're saying it, they've heard bobcat out there, they've heard fox, they've heard the the deers and rut, and they're saying it's not anything like what they've heard before. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some
0: deer make a noise that, uh, as, uh, at a time where uh, it, people who – don't really hear it clearly, it so a distance. can resemble a, an infant's wailing sound. Mm-hmm. But, but, again, a lot of report, people have reported witnessing a Sasquatch make a sound that they, in their minds, they translate it that way because that's the most similar sound to it.
1: So they actually witnessed it making a sound.
0: Correct. And, and, wow. and uh, unfortunately, they didn't film or, po- or video it or anything like that. But that has, type of thing has been reported before. Uh, and a lot of people seem to think that the sound of children playing and stuff may be an attractive. Uh they, they have a curious nature, it seems, at times. I've, I've, I've heard so many stories uh, in the past where the Sasquatch seems to be uh, watching them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, like the sound of children playing or, 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 or children crying or whatever seems to uh, instill a curiosity, and they come to check it out. Uh, you almost get that impression from some of the stories
1: in the past. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, yeah. and a lot of one people that have story. been investigating these things for years always come and back and say that they, they have a curious nature about them. And it's almost like they can't help themselves when it comes to things like that. One, just... incident,
0: one incident uh, uh, brought to my attention by the late Ray Crow. You may remember his name. Mm-hmm. She sure do. Yeah, Western Bigfoot Society. Uh, he had a, a lady, uh, and I, I got to talk to her briefly, um, who had an incident happen with her. Well, she was a young woman now, but when she was a little girl, uh, she was actually hurt herself, and she was crying, and she said this thing picked her up and carried her off, uh, and the adults just went went nuts trying to find this little girl because, she was, as far as they concerned, they had a missing kid on their hands. And they followed her through, and they found the little girl on the edge of a river standing on a dead log. And when they asked her how she got there, she said, the big monkey put me here. Mm. You know, that was an interesting case. That was a very interesting case. But it seems like her her falling down and and cutting her her just above the knee, she cut herself a little bit. Nothing serious, but it hurt. And she was wearing a a dress, and uh, and she cut her knee, or just above her knee, and that's why she was crying. And the thing came up to her when she was crying, and it got to her before any of the adults did. Uh, (laughs) It took off. And of course, mm. the people, they were, they were panicking because all they knew is the girl was missing, so they were searching. When the thing dropped, just sort of, she said she could hear them yelling her name, and the thing just left her there on the log and took off across the river and disappeared. Mm. Yeah, and all she said That's was the big brain put her there. Yeah, that was a fascinating story. Whether it's true or not, who knows? If she was making it up, she was sure a convincing storyteller.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's other kids that have been found in the most unusual places um, mm. hours up to days later after they've gone missing, found alive, and, uh, you know, asked how they got there, and there's different little strange stories like the, uh, the and child it or over not, here North China just about two years ago came up missing and um uh, yeah. I think he was six but um he was found two days later in the middle of a thicket bush, like down and deep inside the thicket and the the um people who rescued him had to cut their way in to get to him um And they asked him, you know, because it it had gotten cold those nights that he was out there. I know it was in the lower 30s, and one night it was actually 27, if I remember right, but the other night it was like 33 degrees, and um, he was fine when they found him. He he wasn't, you know, like hypothermic or dehydrated. He was a little bit dehydrated, but it wasn't anything uh, major. He was in good condition. And they asked him, you know, how did you survive out here? Did somebody help you or whatever? And he said it was a, a purple bear.
0: That was rather recent, I recall. this. One, this yeah, time. it was
1: just recent, maybe not even two years ago. And yeah, that yeah. is over there on the east coast of North Carolina, um, not far from Camp Lejeune where all these other things happened. Now I've been over in that area, and it's very forested over there, very rural area, not far from New Bern, North Carolina. Now they never did go into full detail about what all he said, because of course the family wanted to protect him, and I and I totally understand and respect that. Um, but he did say it was a bear that that kept him warm while uh, he was out there. Just unusual.
0: Yeah, it is unusual, but it, weird things happen in nature. Animals sometimes act in ways you don't expect. There's a couple YouTube videos on of a, a leopard and and a young gazelle orphan uh, calf, and it seems to be more or less um, taking care of it and, and playing with it rather than killing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know sometimes nature does strange things. I who knows?
1: Yeah, and I mean, to a child, um, trying to describe something, um, a purple bear, I'm, I'm not sure where the purple came from, it could just be a child's imagination, but uh, we never did hear anything more about it, because the family just, you know, asked for privacy, and we're just so elated to have him back, and and well, that... Um, I mean, they were just terrified that he was never coming back.
0: Yeah, and uh, here in British Columbia with our First Nation people or Native Americans, as you call them down in the States, um, even today when children go missing and are never found, sometimes they, the parents and the family and the, and the local community just say, well, we know what got them. Mm. And they accept it so quickly still to this day. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Right, and there is a a lot of stories and and long-standing tradition stories told about these creatures taking women and children.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Long, long So when I'm out in my
1: yard at night by myself, you know, by that fire pit when it's complete dark and I hear these Ungodly screams I'll get up and I'll come in the house <laughs> Because I'm thinking about mm-hmm. these stories That I've heard about You know people come up missing And I'm like no thanks <laughs> um, Well that's why
0: I told you in the past You gotta keep a body camera on you So we can get some yeah, evidence Yeah get some pictures of, of that
1: As long as you guys find the camera and, and That I so dropped I mean so off.
0: And so when we build the monument to your memory We know you died of hell <laughs> <it. laughs>
1: Here here's Julie's monument. She took one for the team and uh got this great footage but she was never seen again. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I I take this stuff serious because I have, you know, close friends who swear by God they've seen these things and it's no joke to them and terrified them at different times, um up close and personal. Um Seen them crawling through the grass, coming towards them. I mean, just, I don't know. Sometimes you got to watch what you wish for, I guess.
0: Well, if you get someone who has more than one encounter over a period of time like that, for God's sakes, tell them to start carrying a camera.
1: Exactly. And now I know some people who do, and they're not... They are not interested in sharing what they have
0: to social oh, media. Oh, but to tell you
1: about it. Oh, no, I've seen the pictures and I've seen the footage. They ah. just will not share it publicly.
0: Oh, so you have seen photos and footage
1: of things like that? Well, I, I guess that's what these things are. I, the one that I did see um, a very clear picture of this thing had, um, the teeth were jagged and just uh, kind of overlapping, and then it had a little bit of a snout to it.
0: Okay.
1: It it wasn't a flat-faced ape-looking thing. It was, it looked human, but it had more of a primate, like a baboon-type look in its face. A little bit of elongated snout, and the very jagged teeth. Okay. So I don't know what to make of that. What I was looking at in this photograph was like anything I've ever seen.
0: Okay. And
1: uh, the person that owns that is not willing to share it publicly or on social media or on Facebook because
0: well,
1: I <laughs> no one's going to believe it anyway. You know, oh, it's a hug. Uh, I, oh, it's... I, don't
0: blame. I, uh, I don't blame for that. i would never i never put it on YouTube or anything like that because all you're mm-hmm. going to do is give yourself a headache. So it's really not worth it. But if they're willing to share it with a researcher, a serious researcher, that's a good thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. they they definitely have shared things and uh, I've seen some pictures that just blew my mind. I mean, I just I now know that these things, whatever they are. There's something out there. Now, I can't say, yes, that that's what everybody's seeing as a Bigfoot, but there's some unknown creature. And, and that picture is taking over in the Uari forest, by the way. So there's definitely something very large, very hair-covered, that has jagged teeth and a snout that's mm-hmm. roaming around the woods around here. That I can say.
0: I hope you're not getting it into the dog men things and things like that.
1: Well I that's what I'm talking About I, I don't know anything About this whole dog man thing But Just seeing what I saw in that picture And now, now I'm wondering if that's What people are seeing in other Places and calling it A dog man Now the The legs of this creature I, I didn't see The entire body It was from the waist up but the person that did see this creature said it didn't have, like people describe the canine-type legs or unusual-looking legs or anything. It was, they said it looked like what Sasquatch is supposed to look like. It just had more of a, a pointed nose, like a snout-type deal coming off the face, not a flat nose.
0: Well, so tell me in
1: your gut
0: opinion is this person tell you the truth and did the picture look like it was a mask or something like that
1: Oh no no this this person um yeah this person has come to my home and ha- and helped investigate things around this area been doing it okay. for quite some time and um okay. has more than one picture and and footage and videos and just some really wacky stuff taken over there in the URI. And this person isn't looking for um, attention or anything like that. Basically, because of where I live and the fact that I'm out here a lot of times by myself alone, by my fire pit late at night with my recorder going and my my camera set up on tripod, you know, my night vision camera, the reason why he wanted to show me and tell me that is because like, for real, Julie, be careful out there. It's not a joke. <clears throat> you know, you're six miles away from where this picture was taken, so keep that in mind when you're out there. Okay. Sort of thing. so, yeah. I'm a very serious, very no-nonsense person, um, long-time hunter, outdoorsman-type person, Um so, yeah, I, I definitely take what he says very serious and, uh, you know, told me not to be roaming around the back of my property by myself at night. So, yeah, but it's creepy. It, this area is very creepy, I'm telling you. There's, You know, I, I think I mentioned before when Finding Bigfoot team was here, About, what was it, eight years ago now. And they interviewed that couple that were on the ATV. And um, they saw one that got down on all fours and started chasing them. And Mm -hmm. the woman was on the back of the ATV. And she thought it was going to snatch her off of there. And she was, you know, going to come up missing. And she was terrified. But it chased them on their ATV on all fours. And okay. that that particular area that they were at is the ATV trail in the uari, And that's only about maybe seven miles from my house where that happened. So a lot, a lot of creepy stuff goes on around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell
0: and you. Those... Do, do you guys, the group you deal with, do they spend most of the time in and around that Uwari area?
1: Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, the, the one gentleman, David Pardue, he's um, he's probably spent more time than anybody I know over in the URI, and the place that he goes to is, it's two hours off of any trail, and you have to hike in, it takes, you know, about two hours to get to, there's no, there's no ATV trail, there's no walking trails to it, it's it's on the top of the URI mountain, so You know, very serious investigators that (laughs) hike in for two hours and then sit there for a couple, three days and get some very interesting uh, um, pictures, video, audio recordings. Had a lot of things happen to them over there. Rocks being thrown by handfuls at them from the tree lines. Just different things. I mean, rocks the size of baseballs coming out there and landing about two, three feet away from their foot. So, yeah, I mean, that's, there's something going on over there in the Uari National Forest, folks. And, uh, I I don't know. Curious. That's what I can say I am about it. It's very curious.
0: Yeah, well, all you can do is keep investigating and keep following things up. That's the only thing you can do. And mm-hmm. keep. Uh, I mean, I always remember to keep a close eye on who you're dealing with.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. you can't uh, assume anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, rock throwing and stuff like that, um, to me, it's Entirely possible, assuming the Sasquatch does exist, it does chuck a rock at people passing by every now and then. There's no doubt, but it's also one of the easiest things to hoax. Hoax, yeah. So, and I know for a fact, because I personally caught a guy who's still showing up on the websites now and then, I personally caught him hoaxing in 2009, so um, I won't mention his name, just his initials, uh, Randy Brisson. And yeah. I, called, I called him, caught him red-handed, but uh, there are still people oh. who believe him. Yeah, there are still people who believe him. Really? That's fine. Yeah, because people will believe, there are people out there who will believe anything. I mean, yeah. You know, but, you know, a lot of this stuff, it's indeed possible, assuming that the Sasquatch does exist, it's possible that they do make these kind of noises, like rock banging and things like that. But I, my, in my opinion... The noise in the dark and the noise in the woods is just that. If you don't see what did it, it could be another explanation for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. What we need to do is actually see a Sasquatch doing it. That's the point. Some people have, or at least they report they have. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, you would think, well, these creatures are out there In the forest, and if you are getting near to where they are, and say there's more than one, um, how do they tell each other to, you know, hey man, (laughs) we got company?
0: If they exist, there has to be more than one. There has to be Uh, there uh, Mm -hmm. there has to be a there has to be a viable breeding population. If the sasquatch does exist, there has to be more than one. There's no doubt about that. And if there is only one, well, he's he's very energetic because he'll run from. He'll show up for
1: decades. One
0: day, Bluff Creek; the other, and North Carolina next week. So.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hop on a train, but yeah, I mean, they, they usually, from what I've been told, they usually um, um, travel in, in numbers, at least in this particular area, um, and they do have this uh, way of. Communicating to each other um, via rock clacking, um, whistling, and I've heard a lot of reports about the whistling and um, percussive sounds, which sounds like what people would call a wood knock, but now some people say it's probably not wood on wood, it's probably something else, but, but we, we think we're hearing wood on wood.
0: Well, I'll tell you. Um, You've got to make sure if you're going to do things like that, and I keep telling other researchers, I've never put much emphasis. I don't do that myself because I think it's personally, uh, in my opinion, and only my opinion, it's a a waste of time. Because if there's any, especially guys out there, if they hear somebody knocking, they're going to knock back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just what people do. And I've heard people say things, well, there was nobody else for miles. Well, how did you know that? Were you monitoring every trail, every road? I mean, I even remember going out with a, uh, a CBC radio show called, uh, uh, oh, I can't even remember what the show was called. We thought we heard noises, and then and we were getting really suspicious about it, and then we heard the tent poles hit the ground. So, oh, yeah, there is somebody out here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, because you can't. Not every sound that you hear is a creature out there making a sound. Um, there's so much noise in the forest just and because it's lot of, wildlife of, a calls of animals. Are,
0: wildlife makes strange calls. You ever heard a moose in the, in the rut? They are uncanny, the way they sound.
1: And mm-hmm. a mountain
0: lion, they have such a variety of calls. It doesn't sound anything like the old Disney nature films we saw back in the 60s. <laughs> And it would freak you out,
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> a lot of strange Yeah, definitely, and, and, and
1: that's um, yeah. when people are, you know, like lifelong hunters or um, spend bunch of time out there hunting or, you know, just being outdoorsmen, I tend to I, – I, t- I tend to <clears> – <throat> Think that they would be more apt to be able to discern noises that they know they've heard before, um, versus something that, that makes the hair on the back of their neck stand up, if you will. That's
0: that's you true, know because I, I mean even that even that I've I've seen people who well, at least claim to have been hunting their whole lives who didn't recognize a moose call when I played it for them.
1: Oh, you is know, that I, right? Uh Oh, you
0: know, know, but they recognize a different moose call that I played for them. They just didn't ever happen to hear it. I mean, just because someone says they've been in the bush all their life does not make them Paul Bunyan, the knowledger of all things. Uh Paul
1: Bunyan. as easily
0: fooled as anyone else can. I don't believe. Well, I think any the the good thing about where indeed. I'm
1: at over here, we yeah, we don't have uh, elk, uh, moose, or we have bobcat, we have bear, we have deer, of course. Um, no wolves. The red wolf is pretty much extinct in our state now, thanks to humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so where we're at it'll narrow down to what it could or couldn't be. I don't, you know, there are no elk, and I do know that I've heard some of them elk calls and it's like, what was that? And, um, then you hear it again, and you're like, somebody's like, oh yeah, that's an elk, and you're like, okay, (laughs) thanks for telling me that, because that would freak me out if I heard that in the middle of the night, because I'm from this part of the country, see? And, um, I don't have elk out in my forests, So if you're not okay. used to hearing something and you go somewhere else and you're hearing unusual things, then, you know, it, it pays to know what you got in, in your forest, too.
0: Absolutely, but always keep in mind, remember, that uh, until recently, they thought the eastern puma was extinct. They thought it went extinct around the time the American Civil War started, and now... There have been sightings in eastern Canada and the northern states, and it's quite possible that the eastern Puma, or mountain lion, for lack of a better term, may actually mm-hmm. still exist. It may actually still exist, yeah. So they mm-hmm. thought it may have been extinct. It may have gotten very low, but it may be making a comeback, so you never know. Yeah. Yep. I've had a yep. memory a man here named Ralph Bob, who had a sighting of a Sasquatch in 1973, They also claimed to have seen a moose in 1974 in the Ruby Creek area, and there's not supposed to be any moose in the West Coast rainforest. They're usually in the interior or higher elevations. And he said he had more people believe him about the Sasquatch than he did the moose.
1: Uh, Is that right? Wow. That's right. That's amazing. But, yeah, I mean, like you always say, you know, just stick with the facts and – hear something that's why i I have my audio project that i do here at my property um most every night i leave a digital recorder sitting out on my deck and i do have a lot of interesting things recorded but you know david ellis from the olympic project he he's the one that analyzes my audio for me and then uh, sends it back to me but You know, he's not going to say, oh, this is definitely Sasquatch right here, Julie. You know, he's saying this is of a suspicious nature because he runs it through the spectrograph, and he's familiar with um, the known animal sounds, known percussives, uh, knows what the pattern of the human voice looks like on spectrograph. So there are some very interesting uh, clips that I've caught around here. Yeah, but... um, That's why I'm always having my recorders out at night If it's not raining And if it's not below 32 degrees I'll have my recorders out
0: Same here I always try to record any strange noise I hear Yep Yeah, that's
1: how how Well, we're getting here to the top of the hour And um, Very interesting uh, Show tonight And I think You know, just the gist of it all is that um, this particular area, and and I was born in this area. Of course, I lived in Ohio for many, many years, but my family, the Brutons, actually came here from the U.K. in 1765 and founded most of Montgomery County over here, the county we're talking about. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a long history of being in this area. Um, So there is a long history of oral tradition talking about the wild man of the Uwari's around here as well. So
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's been going on for a long time.
0: Absolutely. All I can tell you is keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and for God's sakes, always have a camera with you. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I don't even go to the back of my property without having my body cam on and my phone in my hand. (laughs) Because you know that one minute or something happens
0: it's gonna be And maybe you talk to the governor. Maybe you can talk to the governor and it could happen if he's a crazy democrat. Make it mandatory that everyone has to have a dash cam.
1: Exactly. Body cam, dash cam. (laughs) Get on it. (laughs) So, well, Thomas, it's been an interesting show, and I really appreciate you joining me for these shows. I, it's really always a very enlightening. So,
0: absolutely. Um, anything you
1: want to add?
0: Well, again, a uh, Sasquatch, is, if it exists, there has to be an answer out there, and the only thing we can do is keep on trucking. Uh, but yep. always keep your eyes, stick to the facts, every day the facts, and keep a healthy dose of skepticism when dealing with witnesses.
1: Yes, thank you for that. It's a mm-hmm. great reminder. Yeah. So everybody, thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of On the Shoulders of Giants, talking old timers with Thomas, and we will be back on our regular schedule now. Now that we got through the holidays, um, doing our monthly show. So I guess we will come back in February and have uh, another great show for you guys. Thank you, Thomas, for joining me, and I'll talk to you soon. Roger that. All right, guys. Well, don't forget to check out Monster Exclusive on uh, the Monster xradio.com website um, if you want to check out some, some extra content that you can uh, get into go to our website and take a look at that um, I'm sure you will enjoy it and uh, we appreciate your support